Man, what an emotional 10 days or so it has been for Mr. Rob Higgins in the sense of your baby girl is now in college, moved up to Atlanta. And I have to ask you, Mr. Higgins, because I know how close you and Laney are. She's now at Oglethorpe. You had a chance to drive her up. You, you, you sent her off into the real world over under about 20 minutes of crying for Mr. Higgins when, uh, when that day finally came. Minutes? Oh. <laughs> it's like a week later and I'm hanging on by a thread. If anybody has any great psychiatrist uh, recommendations, just <laughs> on Twitter, I am open to them. Uh, certainly miss her a lot, but on the same side of things, very excited for, her. you know, relieved that she's off to a great start and enjoying it. Uh, but for those parents that haven't had a chance to drop their kids off at school yet, my goodness, it is a, uh, a difficult thing. Welcome to the Game Day Everyday Podcast. Ryan Bass, Rob Higgins here with you. Um, you know, Rob, I remember when, when my parents dropped me off at UCF and my father and, and stepmother drove me up. I mean, I remember the tears streaming down my dad's face. And I'm like, what, dad? I'm yeah, but that was, like, that was different. Those were tears of joy of finally getting rid of you. <laughs> like, this was truly like, we're going to miss each other, Ryan. <laughs> touche, touche. That totally makes sense. Uh, but no, in, in all seriousness, uh, we're so proud uh, of Lainey and uh, I cannot wait, Rob, to see the success that follows her at Oglethorpe. And I know that you're going up uh, here in a few weeks to, to watch one of her matches, right? I, I know that you plan to, to head to Oglethorpe pretty often to, to watch her in person. Um, and so just your level of, uh, I know you're beaming with pride, but just how proud you are and how excited you are to see her in this next chapter. I am. She's, we may not have been ready, uh, but I can tell you she's ready. Uh, from a standpoint, what a great kid. We're just uh, honored to be her parents. And certainly we look forward to this new journey for her. It's different, but we're excited for her. And I can tell you, um, you know, there's probably no better distraction after dropping her off than going right into major event mode with, with the U.S. Gymnastics Championships here. So uh, the timing of that actually ended up working out well, but uh, certainly we're wishing her the best. And and uh, staying in regular contact with her to, to follow her journey. What a successful USAG championships it was here uh, at Emily Arena and in Tampa. Uh, there was history that was made. Uh, there were superstars that were born. Uh, and it truly was a few days of, of magic um, here in Tampa. And I think the, the USAG community got a chance to really see how great our community was um, can you take me through, Rob, just some of the highlights and, and moments for you that really stood out? And what was a really powerful, you know, few days of, of gymnastics here at Emily Arena and, and here in Tampa? But yeah, I think it all starts with um, with the partnership between uh, Team Tampa Bay and USA Gymnastics. When you have a mutual alignment uh, with a priority around both the fan and athlete experience, uh, that's where special things can happen. And so. Uh, we were so fortunate to get a chance to work with Lili Leung, um, as well as the entire uh, USA Gymnastics team, Scott Cole, uh, Lauren Turner. I mean, just so many great people. And um, it was so fun being in the trenches uh, with them uh, and trying to make some special things again happen. And, and whether it was, you know, the Congress that took place at the Tampa Convention Center, 
that was the most attendees that they've had in, in several years. I think it was over 2,500 uh, to the crowds that we had at Amelie Arena each night. There was so much energy in the building to the Flip Zone Fan Festival that was right on the doorsteps uh, of Amelie Arena. It, it was awesome. And the biggest thing, I think, was it just hasn't, we haven't hosted elite gymnastics in so many years. So the, the opportunity for our community and our community's kids to get a chance to witness this sport at this level was truly invaluable. Uh, our kids were, were able to, to dream in a really profound and unprecedented way. And I can tell you, I would bet, you know, the gymnastics clubs around here see their membership go up as a result of it. Uh, because they got to see some really special athletes do their thing. And now I think they're inspired and, and certainly will be motivated to follow in their footsteps. It was the first USA gymnastics championships that were staged here in the Southeast since 2004. So a lot has changed since 04. And it was really cool to see this event return you know, here to the Southeast. And, and one of the coolest moments for me, Rob, and, and I think Tampa will long be remembered as truly a breakthrough event for USA Gymnastics, especially in the case of Shalise Jones, Connor McLean, and Jordan Childs, who made history. The first time ever we saw three Black women at the podium at the USA Gymnastics Championships with Connor McLean, obviously claiming the top spot. She had an unbelievable week at USAG, but just, just reliving that moment, Rob, it gives me chills. And, and Tampa will live on in history for that groundbreaking moment. Um, you know, how did that resonate with you? And, and how cool was it to see our city make history in that way? Well, we always love to be a part of history. And certainly that is a, a really special and historic moment. Um, USA Gymnastics, the day before the event started, unveiled their new brand. And uh, they had a chance to share their vision for their new brand and um, the, the tagline, I shouldn't even call it a tagline, it, it, it's more of a promise and it's more of a commitment, is the movement starts here. And so for our community to literally be the starting point of the movement and then have something historic like that happen on the podium it, is phenomenal. There's no doubt uh, USAG has been faced with incredible, uh, difficult challenges. Uh, they've been continuing to work their way through them. Uh, it's through the strength of their leadership that they continue to be, uh, you know, chart a course on a, on a really strong trajectory. And so for literally the movement to start here is fantastic. And that's the type of things and type of events that our community wants to be a part of. We, uh, we have a great piece on TampaBaySports.org from our Joey Johnston, who kind of recapped the entire event and spoke with Lily Leung um, about USAG here in Tampa and, and was asked about this being a future site potentially for even more events. And I loved her quote, Rob, when she said, we haven't really seen many or any places with this level of hospitality. Um, that has to warm your heart. And we certainly know how great our hometown is. Uh, we speak about it all the time. And any event that comes to our city uh, truly gets to to you know ingrain and, and really get to feel for the culture that we have here in Tampa Bay. Uh, but how cool is that? That you know they come down here to Tampa, they see our hospitality, and and they know you know wow we need to we need to make sure we have more events down there in, in the city of Tampa. I certainly love uh, reading that. I had 
great conversations after the event with with Lily, and and certainly she shared that that same sentiment. So um, for us, I, I think we certainly want to look to continue on the relationship at a really high level and look for future event opportunities. Um, I know we'll get into talking a little bit more about Leonard Levy and his passing uh, here shortly, but Leonard taught us, and we, we say it ad nauseum, that you know if they like us, they'll leave us. If they love us, they'll come back. And so we're not con- you know, considering this event a total success yet, um, until we are able to, to bring it back. So Lily, who's now a dear friend, can say as many positive things as uh, she wants. And, uh, and certainly we appreciate them. But at the same time, the standards got to be that, you know, they feel so compelled to bring their event back. Uh, that is what will define whether or not the 2022 UFOS U.S. Gymnastic Championships were a success or not. And I think it's only a matter of time before uh, those events with USAG and the future of gymnastics uh, comes back to Tampa Bay and calls it home yet again here in the years to come. So we are very excited for that. You know, I mentioned the article on TampaBaySports.org. It was penned by our very own Joey Johnston, um, who is a member of Team Tampa Bay. And we had an opportunity to chat with him, not only about USAG, but the legacy of Leonard Levy as well here on the Game Day Everyday podcast. All right, we're joined by a longtime friend of the Tampa Bay Sports Commission and I would I would say that the dean of sports journalism for team Tampa Bay he's a historian of uh, of many sorts and uh, has seen it all and we're fortunate to get his perspective on a, on a couple of uh, recent occurrences with our community um, to get his take again so Joey Johnston welcome to the show Rob thanks for having me great to be with you and of course Ryan one of my favorites. So uh, looking forward to the, our, our chat here. The yeah, Dean of is, Sports Journalism. That's a that's a title, man. He, yeah. he is. And I'm glad we were able to offset that horrendous shirt you're wearing, Ryan, by Joey <laughs> being in the home of the Bulls, the Yangling Center, and wearing a USF polo. So we've got the show locked and loaded. Two-thirds of it is of the right kind. And hopefully here. we can drown it. We can drown you out, Ryan, with any luck. We, but. Ryan doesn't have a lot of time. He's got to get ready for South Carolina State. So uh, <laughs> yeah. much time. Yes. He's already peddling his cabana seats on social media. Which uh-huh. is, I saw yeah. that. Which I saw is, that. Hey, he's already bailing st- out. Already bailing out. Funny story on that, for the record. Number one, I'm going to be in, in Jamaica, which is why I can't go to the game. Number two, a former UCF football player actually bought my tickets from me, which was so nice. So he's going to be wow. hanging out in the cabana. Yeah. That's great. Okay. That's great. Well, uh, Joey, the last few weeks, at, at a minimum, you have uh, – been covering a really special event for us. Ryan and I just were talking about uh, USA Gymnastics, the 2022 UFOS U.S. Gymnastics Championships. And you got a a really unique perspective, getting an opportunity to visit with a variety of the athletes, uh, a variety of their key stakeholders. What were your impressions of, of that event? Well, it was a first. Uh, I'd never covered gymnastics at that level. Certainly have followed gymnastics over my lifetime at the Olympics and, and whatnot and really admired the, the strength and, and power and grace uh, of these athletes. This was my first time to really interact with them and see it with my own eyes. And I've got to tell you, it's one of the more impressive things I've ever seen, not just getting the background of how hard these people work 
but to see them in action uh, and, and how they nonchalantly do these incredible moves with their bodies, it, it just blew me away. Uh, I couldn't take my eyes off it. And it was, it, it's a great spectator sport. And I am fired up now to have kind of a background going into 2024, of the Paris Olympics after seeing the best compete in Tampa. Let me ask you, Joey, because there were so many different events throughout USAG at Amelie Arena. Is there one to you that stood out that really resonated uh, above all? Probably, I mean, for the women, the floor exercise, I think, is, is, the, is the key one. Everybody seems to resonate with that. Uh, I was positioned closely to the, uh, the balance beam and just seeing how they could manipulate themselves in a four-inch uh, slab of, of wood was <laughs> just amazing. Uh, you know, they would contort their bodies and flip and land perfectly and stick the landing. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't know that I could stand on there for two seconds without falling. Uh, <laughs> so it, it was pretty amazing. And, uh, and these, these people work like crazy, all sports do, but they are in the gym, uh, perfecting their craft over a period of years to get ready for, for the Olympics and, and all their big events. So their dedication uh, their drive and, and also the kind of people they are. I really enjoyed getting to know Brody Malone and, and Jade Carey and all the top athletes. Uh, these are really unique, fun people, and I will certainly be their fans moving forward. Those that haven't seen, Joey wrote a variety of different stories. And I think one of my favorite aspects was every time Joey would write a story and then publish it to our website for the listeners, you got to check them out at tampabaysports.org. Um, but one of my favorite parts was um, people that have been around the sport for several years would then tell me that they learned something new through Joey's stories, which I think was a great tribute to him. But his walk-off home run of stories uh, to really recap the event um, was related to, you know, just USA Gymnastics perspectives of our community and how much they enjoyed it here. Joey, in your own words in, in writing that, what, what were your key takeaways of of just how you thought the event went overall in, the, in their perspective on um, how much they enjoyed our hometown. Well, it's always interesting to me. And of course, I've grown up in Tampa. I've been part of, of events with, with you and others through my whole lifetime. I know how we do things here. It's always interesting to me to see a new entity come in and, and see what Tampa is all about and how, how we run events. And I think pretty quickly they I got a sense they kind of looked around and said oh okay all right we're good and uh and 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 just kind of ingratiated themselves and as I told Lily Leung uh speaking to her on the last night I go you know you're in the family now and she goes I know I'm team Tampa Bay I'm in there so I think we have uh you know people in our corner for life but I they couldn't have been uh, happier with how it ran at Emily Arena and certainly when they had a break to, to, to sample our amenities, our restaurants, our, our lifestyle, and our, our downtown, they, they enjoyed that. So I think to a person, everybody I spoke to, they're looking for a, a time to come back because they had such a good time. They want to sample our hometown even more. And I know if the opportunity affords itself in the future, uh, they would like to come back and compete here again. Connor McLean, Joey, was one of those athletes that put on a show here in Tampa and had said and quoted in your pieces saying she will remember this experience in Tampa forever. Will you remember your experience of covering her at this event? Because not only did she have a historic, you know, historic event, but when you're in the same conversation as a Simone Biles in terms of your, your senior nationals debut, um, that's that's something special. 
Yeah, Connor McLean is 17 years old. Her father uh, unfortunately passed away just a few months back, so she's had a, a lot of things to to uh, to get through the last few months just to just to be in a position to compete at this event. Uh, not only did she compete, she won in unexpected fashion. So it was one of those moments where she's basically signaling to the world, "Hey, I'm here, and I'm here to stay." So I think when she goes on to the Olympics and, and things in the future. We can certainly say that we saw it for the first time in Tampa. That's where that's where it all began. Uh, just seeing her emerge like that, and then the human side of it, to know that all that she's been through with her family, uh, that she battled through that, and certainly her father was on her mind at, at her time of greatest triumph. So it was really, it was very sweet. It was very poignant, and it was very powerful. Well, this week, uh, while really special from a USAG perspective, we also got some some tough news uh, beyond difficult news, really, uh, with the passing of uh, an absolute legend. Uh, I called you the, the dean of Team Tampa Bay sports writing, uh, but there's the godfather of, of Team Tampa Bay, Leonard Levy, at 89 years old, uh, passed away. He was so special to all of us in a variety of different ways. Uh, I don't think I've ever met somebody uh, that mentored as many people as, as he has. And so I know um, you certainly got to know him at a young age and I just love your perspective and, and getting an opportunity to, to deal with Leonard. Well, first of all, before I ever met Leonard personally, um, you know, when Tampa was going for, uh, to, to be considered for an NFL franchise, I certainly read about him and knew that he was one of the key people in that pursuit and I vividly remember I think I was in middle school driving home on my bicycle hearing that hey we got an NFL team coming to Tampa and I remember watching the news that night and seeing Leonard Levy with Pete Rozelle and uh, you know I certainly got a sense that this was a giant in our community and, and getting to know him certainly uh, solidified that in my mind the, the thing I'll always remember about Leonard even beyond that is powerful circles as he walked in he would always call and he would talk to me about high school sports and he would he would at the Tampa Tribune he would always point out hey we put the wrong story on the front page uh and he was usually <laughs> right <laughs> he, he he knew his sports down to the local sports he knew what was significant if you had breakfast with him, with him on a Saturday morning he could talk to you with authority about Friday night high school football he knew uh what was what was big and what wasn't uh and his motivation was always that he cared for the community and wanted what was, what was best for Tampa Bay. That was always the driving force for him. And I admired his energy. I admired his personality. And, and I certainly, like we all do, take something from him about just his ability to build relationships with people was, was bar none the best I've ever seen. I think we can all learn from that because uh, he had friends all over the country, all over the world. And as somebody pointed out to me the other day, you know, they would, would go to the Super Bowl with him and inevitably they'd be walking through a crowded room. Hey, Leonard, Leonard, come over here. Hey, Leonard, come here. And it was it was an NFL owner. And uh, I mean, there wasn't anybody that didn't know him. There wasn't anybody that doesn't lo didn't love him. He is Mr. Tampa in so many ways, and he is absolutely irreplaceable. We will miss him greatly. I encourage everyone listening to this podcast to, to head to TampaBaySports.com and check out the piece that you penned, Joey, on, on the legacy and the life of Leonard Levy. It was beautiful. Um, and I think it really gives the perspective of who he was, the giant that he was, and the impact that he had on our community, and not just ours, but communities all across the country. One of the things I learned in my very short interaction with Leonard, and, and I, I had the pleasure of being a, able to spend some time with him in person on one of our first ever Tampa Bay 55 episodes of the podcast, 
Um, and one of the things that stood out right away is the stories that Leonard was telling. I mean, I could have sat there, Joey, for days yeah, yeah. and listened to Leonard's stories. Yeah. So I have to ask you, is there a story above all else that Leonard has shared with you that resonates or stands out with you? Because he was a man of many of them. You know, I just remember he and not only him, but George Levy when he was alive and Tom McEwen telling stories about the pursuit of the franchise and just just their ability to when NFL owners would come to town to take him on fishing trips, take him to restaurants, the way that Pete Rozelle resonated with them. Uh, and it just it just paid off uh, over a period of time. And, and really, when it got to 1974 and, and there were, I think, six or seven cities competing for for one or two spots. And if you didn't get on the table, then you might have been never gotten on the table. Uh, so uh, but the way they built the relationships, as Leonard tells it, that most of the owners were saying, I'll be damned if anybody's getting in over Tampa. You know, that was how strongly they felt about this community. And, and really that started with Leonard, his ability to forge these relationships to make the owners see our community, but also know that we had great people here that they could work with. And that has carried on through the Super Bowls. The story I always heard from Jim Steig or everybody who's from the NFL side that ran the Super Bowl says, no place like Tampa. No place like Tampa that can solve problems, that can deal with people. Every other community, New Orleans, Los Angeles, it's like a political quagmire. You come to Tampa, you say, hey, here's what we need. The key people say, okay, and the next thing you know, it's done. And that started with Leonard. And we all learned from Leonard how to do that. And hopefully we'll carry that forward uh, as uh, in his passing, in his memory. Joey, thank you so much for all of your hard work in, in capturing Leonard's essence. Uh, the, the article, again, on our website, tampabaysports.org, is truly phenomenal. Um, I'm sure you could have used several more pages and, <laughs> and the story could have gone on forever, but I, I just, you painted the right picture of it, as you did as well with everything that took place uh, with, with the U.S. Gymnastics Championships over the last week. So we appreciate all your hard work and tell them the story of everything going on and we look forward to uh, to a great run ahead with you as well yep my pleasure nothing better than being part of team tampa bay rob thank you so much that's right go bulls you ryan rob it is so special to relive just some of the memories uh and, and some of the accolades and just some of the moments that come with the legacy of leonard levy and you know i, I first was introduced to leonard through you um you know i had the opportunity to meet him to shake his hand uh, to listen to his stories and just being around him for the few moments that I got the opportunity to, I felt his presence. I felt that, you know, just the wave of passion for our hometown, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for the city and for what it has meant to him. And as much as we've talked about his impact on the city, I think it, in almost a, 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 you know, a very calming sense, this city has had that much of an impact on him. Um, so I just, you know, I'm curious from your perspective, you've had so many lunches with Leonard. Uh, you've had many, many opportunities to speak with him one-on-one. -on -one. Um, how would you define the legacy of Leonard Levy? I had the opportunity to meet Leonard when I was probably 21, 22 years old at the time. Um, he was like 67, 68 years old. So it was this, you know, odd couple uh, introduction of sorts and you don't traditionally have 21 22 year old traditionally doesn't have a lot in common with uh, somebody that's you know 68 years old but we both have this uh, unwavering passion and love for our community and I just was so fortunate he took me under 
his wing uh, taught me so many different things. There was times, believe it or not, uh, that I wasn't a great listener and he would teach me again. I, I say uh, oftentimes that Leonard invented the, the lunch and learn. He would call you to lunch. Uh, he would ask you, has he told you about a certain story? I would say, yeah, yeah, you have told me that one. It's a great one. And then he would say, well, well let me tell you again. And that <laughs> meant that I needed to not only hear the story again, but I needed to listen and put it into practice. And I think um, Leonard was very conscientious of doing what was right for the community, doing it the right way, uh, being a passionate advocate. He wasn't scared to ask uh, for the business. He felt our community was very deserving. And as I talked about earlier, you know, he, he taught us the importance of relationships and making sure they were long-term relationships and making sure you're creating relationships with anybody and everybody uh, in our partner organizations, because you never know where they're going to wind up on the organizational chart. And he, he certainly uh, treated everybody with respect, taught us to, to do the same uh, as well. I think one of the things that always amazed me, too, is just his persistence in in building relationships. A lot of people don't know for for probably close to, you know, since the beginning of the existence of the Bucks, he would go to every single home game. And it wasn't just as a fan, but it was to go visit with the visiting owners. So you think about, you know, the opportunity to do that. Not it's it's a basic thing. But not a lot of cities, not a lot of individuals take the time to, to do that. And certainly those relationships have paid off in a very big way in our community. Matt could go on forever. He's such a, a dear friend, um, incredible treasurer of, of Team Dave. I'd hate to think where we would be, what our community would be without him, uh, because his impact is, is so immense and so profound. You know, when I hear you speak, Rob, and, and the interactions that I've had with you, it seems like Leonard's legacy lives on within you, right? A lot of those lunch and learns, I feel like have resonated with you and have helped shape you and, and in the way that you interact, in the way that you, um, you know, show your love for our community. How do you think, you know, Leonard's impact has changed you into when you go into those rooms to you know, speak to our hometown city and try to lure some events like the Super Bowl or the College Football National Championship or the Women's Final Four. Um, do you think some of those lessons that, that you've learned from Leonard, you know, have impacted you when you do go into those rooms? A hundred percent. But, you know, I will, I will say uh, I'm not the only uh, mentee here. And I think that that speaks volumes to Leonard as well. I mean, if you check out just, for example, the, the, the article that that Joey wrote, there's probably 10 different voices that all claim that Leonard is their mentor or role model. And so um, while I was honored to be one of the disciples, the, the man's got a ton of disciples. And that's another lesson uh, for all of us is to continue to pass along uh, these lessons to the next generation as much as we possibly can. And I think, you know, he did that at a very high level and it's our responsibility to do the same you know, i've all, always often learned that you know there's two types of leaders out there there's the leaders that build up organizations to be very successful in this case we'll call the organization team Tampa bay there's a, there's leaders that can build up 
uh, an organization to be ultra successful. And then when they leave, uh, the organization's a house of cards and it crumbles. And then there's leaders that build up organizations that once they leave, they not only sustain success, but because of the things they've done, they take off uh, to an either even higher degree of success. And I think that's what's going to be Leonard's legacy, the foundation that he built, the lessons that he instilled, the, you know, the mentees that he had. Um, we are going to carry out his legacy in a, in a really big way. And you're going to see that Team Tampa Bay is not a house of cards, that it's not only built uh, for success, but it's going to continue to achieve things at an even greater level than, than many can even fathom. And that certainly has a lot to do with Leonard Levy. The godfather of Champa Bay, as you put it quite eloquently, Rob, I don't know where we would be without him. And so his legacy will live on uh, each and every day with each and every event that comes through our hometown. And, and of course, we'll be front of mind here for the Tampa Bay Sports Commission. Uh, and I think we can all agree Leonard would want us to continue to charge forward uh, and continue to, you know, showcase our beautiful city and, and bring these first class wonderful events to our hometown. And so with that, Rob, what are we working on as, as USAG has come and gone? Uh, we are starting to get into the fall here and into the winter. What can we expect? What events are, are coming up and, and what are you and your team gearing up for? Certainly getting ready for the NCAA Women's Final Four site visit. We have that in, a, in another month. We're one of seven finalists there for 2027 through 2031. Um, shortly after the site visit will be the presentation later on in the fall. And actually, we want to do anything and everything we can to solidify our future spot uh, with hosting the NCAA Women's Final Four, which, oh, by the way, got some great news this week with their broadcast moving from ESPN to the championship game to ABC. And so that is, uh, Let's go. again, it's Let's been go. a... It's been an awesome event for us in the uh, in the three times we've previously hosted. We've got a fourth coming in 2025, and we'd love to get that that fifth on the calendar as well. Uh, on the immediate docket is the NCAA Frozen Four, our third time hosting. That takes place in April. Uh, we have a big site visit with them that'll come up this fall too, where we can get through all the the different logistical and marketing and all those different things that need to take place with them on the ground here, but certainly we've already been working hard on it. And in October, we have our eighth edition of the Tampa Bay's Tailgate Taste Fest, which will happen October 15th at, uh, at Curtis Hickson Park. Jenna and Jordan on our team have been gearing up for it as well. And uh, we know it's gonna be another special day out at, out at Curtis Hickson. So a lot of things happening in terms of events we're hosting. Uh, there'll be some announcements coming up soon as well for, uh, for some different events. And we, we look forward to, again, carrying on all the momentum that Team Tampa Bay has going on right now. Certainly excited for the fall and, and for all the events to come. What I'm certainly looking forward to, though, uh, maybe more than most, is you know, a weekend that occurs around Thanksgiving each and every year. It's usually on Black Friday. This year, it could be on, on Saturday. But UCF and USF, buddy, you know, we bid farewell to our, our friends there this year as, as we move on to the Big 12 and, and the Power Five conferences uh, after this year. Sorry to leave you guys behind, but I am looking forward to that one last rendezvous uh, before we go on to bigger and better. Yeah, I think that's our chance to not only even the, the score, but end it the way that it 
really started in the first six occasions that we uh, that we handily defeated UCF. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun season. I love uh, the prospects that the Bulls have here. I mean, they have put together a heck of a roster. QB situation certainly uh, is going to be special. And uh, I'm looking forward to a great season. Kicks off next weekend when they host BYU. Um, which obviously is a really strong opponent. I know uh, C Florida opens with a really strong one too. So, you you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out, but certainly the game that everybody has circled is the one right after Thanksgiving. C Florida. You had to throw that one. You had to throw the little dig in there right before college football season. Hey, the Golden Knights, I mean, they're a fantastic team, and I'll, I'll look forward to seeing how it shakes out here in November. Uh, maybe you'll learn that we did drop the Golden in 2007 when we moved to the Big 12 next year. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Noted. <laughs>